Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments. Now, here's your host, Captain Mickey. Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on this Thursday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the Outdoor Show. This morning is Jake, our sponsors today, the Belleville Meat Market, CCA Star Tournament, Boyd's One Stop, and Mainstream Marketing. All right, looking at weather. A little breezy this morning. Man, I had some gust up to around 30, about 2.30 this morning. It was uh, It was getting it, so... The forecast is pretty close. It's some clouds this morning. They'll give way to sunny skies for the afternoon with a high of 91 down on the island. Be hitting a century mark up here on the high ground. But uh, winds will be south-southwest at 15 to 25. Tonight, mostly clear, low of 84, south-southwest 10 to 20. And then for tomorrow, sunny skies, high of 91, south winds at 10 to 20 miles per hour. So, oh, man, what a summer. I'd like to throw this one back and grab another one, if that's okay. <laughs> All right, tides for today. These are Galveston Channel tide predictions. We are on two tides today. We had a high occur at the Galveston Channel at 3.51 a.m. this morning. It was a 1.6. Then we have a low tonight at 7.16 p.m. That's a negative 0.3. Sunrise, 6.45 a.m. Sunset, 8.04 p.m. Our moon phase 36% visibility. Current conditions, looking offshore, it's uh, 86 and a half degrees out there with 87 degree water. South winds are 22, gusting to 27. Barometric pressure is fairly low at 29.83 inches of mercury. And Galveston Channel, it's 86 degrees with 90 degree water. South southwest winds at 17. And at Eagle Point, it's 86 degrees with 87 degree water. South-southwest, 22, gusting to 29 miles per hour. And up in the north end of the complex, Morgan's Point, not available again. It's typical. But anyway, that's where we're at in uh, hot, dry, blowing winds. Just what the doctor ordered. Let's see what's up with Captain Bill Watkins this morning. Bill, good morning. How are you, man? Hey, how are you doing, buddy? I'm here, buddy. I'm here. <laughs> well, I got the well, news on here. I'll tell you, man, the island of Maui over in Hawaii, it's it's burning to the ground. It's unbelievable wildfire. Unreal. Yeah, I, I just, uh, a friend of mine was going to take a trip over there well, uh, later <laughs> this month, and <laughs> he said, I may, I'm, I may be going up in flames, literally. And, Seriously. Uh, I didn't yeah, even know that was. Encouraging no travel over there at this time. They're trying to get people off the island. Wow. Never seen uh, nothing like what, that. They must, must be having a real drought. Must be. I mean, it, uh, people were jumping in the ocean to get away from the fire. And uh, right now, 36 people are confirmed dead in these wildfires. And, you know, that number will surely go up. 36? Yeah. Wow, 
But it, uh, I got oh. a guy on the news now. They're interviewing. He was out on a charter boat, and uh, they couldn't even come back to the island. It was just crazy watching the place burn to the that ground, is, man. That is crazy. I guess a lot of high winds, you know, with the. There's some yeah. hurricane like 800 miles south of there that's sucking the wind towards it, and uh, these fires got out of control with that wind. Kind of, kind of the state we're in right now, as dry as it is with these winds this morning. It's it's cranking, man. Yeah, it is. You're right, and I I, I mean I don't I don't mind it killing my grass. I I could care less about that. I'm not having to mow at all right now. Yeah, <laughs> it, the yard the yard is slowly turning browner and browner and browner, and uh, mine's been like that for oh, a month now. It's crazy. I had well, any well, rain. What's going to happen? Yeah, what's no. going to happen? What what's going to happen with the grass? I said, don't worry about that. One rain, it'll come back. It'll come back. I, it always does. Grass is not going to die. <laughs> it's, it manages to survive. Yes. Or we'd be just like the dust bowl. I'm sure it is uh it's happened this way before. I think I remember back in fifty three there was a serious, serious drought across most of Texas. And uh nothing new under the sun, the scriptures. No, I I I remember twenty eleven, not that far ago we were kind of like this too that's when we had that drought pattern yeah. going before all the floods that's right and uh all i know is it's helping our saltwater fish yeah uh, yeah if they like salinity they have it now they sure do <laughs> and i think they could swim far enough up the river to to find the slant that they need to spawn what few sure. haven't spawned already but a lot of them already have so two good spawns in a year, we should uh, we should be able to bounce back here, barring we don't have some super freeze next winter. But uh, I don't know. They've they've been predicting a big drought coming all the way across the west, and maybe this is it. Maybe it's moving this way. Well, I don't think it can get much worse than what we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It is. It's critical. We might have to start planting cactus out there in the yard. I'm, I'm trying to water my muscadines and my two or three fruit trees. Yeah. And I can't get enough water on them to do any good. I mean, no. I go out there in the afternoon late and and just flood the ground out there. And the next day, it looks like the dust bowl. I mean, it just goes away. Yeah, pretty well parched, and I'd hate to lose my muscadines as they as they turn purple. They're starting to uh, shrivel up like grapes, uh, like raisins. <laughs> so my uncle, Jim, my uncle Jimmy raised those, but it was for uh, wine making purposes. Oh yeah, he had a whole yeah, fence line be. with those. That uh, boy, he. He he babied those things. Made some pretty good yeah. wine too if you're like wine. <laughs> they make good they make real good jelly too. Yeah, they do. But I'm not supposed to eat too much of that anymore. <laughs> That's hey, you made it this far, you might as well go for it. I mean, it's like my dad, he's like ninety years old and and my wife's going, Man, you sure ought to, you ought to give him eggs and bacon this morning? I said, are you kidding me? He, he's made it this long. He's eaten this his entire life. I mean, good Lord. Let him eat what he wants. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget my Uncle Hoover. We were up at the deer camp. Uncle Hoover. Put, yeah, Uncle Hoover. I, I had a family member that had an Uncle Hoover. <laughs> I swear, man. And he put six spoons of sugar in his cup of coffee. Oh Lord! And my son, my son freaked out. Uncle Hoover, what are you doing? Why? That's too much sugar. I said, son, leave him alone. He's eighty-five <laughs> years old, and he's earned the right to kill himself if he wants to. Yeah. 
Well, I don't understand. I said, you don't need to understand. Just leave him alone. Yeah, that, that generation, man, they they grew up, hey, they cooked everything in lard, and, hey, look how they turned out. They're out, they're out living all of us and did, you know. That's, <laughs> yeah. It's because they didn't eat all these processed foods that's all over the place, you know, stuff that's bad for you. Yeah, they they blamed it all. A lot of wild game and fish, and you know, just farm animals. Just all had they all had heart attacks and heart trouble by the time they were seventy two to seventy four, and every one of my mother's brothers, all of them, and uh, they had to have heart procedures and this and that. Well, who cares? They made it that far. (laughs) It probably was more the stuff they ate after they grew up. Yeah, you know what, what they're feeding us the now. Uns- <laughs> yeah, that's what did it. And they said, "Oh, they ate too much bacon and sausage growing up." No, no, it's that polyunsaturated, poly God knows what food attitudes that we're eating now. Who, who knows what we're eating? <laughs> I don't understand it. So true. Anyhow, buddy. So let's talk about fishing. Yeah, let's, we got, let's talk we about wandered it. Off really, into, ought to really be good today. <laughs> Southwest at 30. Oh, my goodness. I, I walked out there yesterday afternoon, and that wind was ripping across the yard. Oh, it was cranking, man. That, yeah, blowing that dry grass, and I went, now this is just too much. <laughs> but I promise you this. I go get in that ship channel right now, or in the lake, or somewhere, and catch fish right now. Uh, I've got fish to catch over here. A friend of mine put in uh, yesterday morning and caught eighteen real nice size trout right on the Texas Louisiana line, just yeah. across in Louisiana, right there in the ship channel. He fished. Uh, set up in six foot of water and threw out to 10 over mud shell. Yep. And that's, you catch them in certain spots. You have to look for them. You don't usually just hit them at the first spot you stop at, but uh, you move around a little bit and you'll find where those schools are. All it takes is casting at them. I'm with you. You're good to go. But, uh, it's pretty much a soft plastics thing now, although I did have a guy in the boat Friday that took uh, that topwaters, and he caught a couple of three nice fish on the topwater. Yeah. It wasn't the best day for topwater, but if that guy, if, if he throws the topwater, he's going to catch something on it. Right. He did catch a couple of serious gaff top. Oh. Oh, boy, on the top water. That's Oh, with a mouthful of treble hooks. Oh. oh, Lord. That just makes you want to just pull a dull knife out of the drawer. <laughs> That's so well, nasty. I tell you what, they, they are nasty. And I, I got the chiseling gaff top goo off the side of my boat. I walked around the edge of it the other day, and that stuff was on there so dry. It's just like Gorilla Glue. Yeah, you got to pressure wash that off of there. You almost have to put an air chisel on it. Gets on that rub <laughs> rail. Oh, man. Yeah. You know how they'll hold them over the side trying to flip them off with pliers and lay them up against the boat? And yeah, you pretty well got to let them lay against something to make them quit flopping around. Yeah. But I've, I've got a pair of commercial crab tongs. Right that the commercial crabbers use, and I can get a death grip on their head. And, uh, of course, I you can't hurt the things. Just smash down on that head sideways and go down there with a pair of pliers and jerk that hook out. I just grab the, my shock leader with my left hand, make one wrap with it where it won't slip, and uh, reach down there right in the bend of the hook. I'll grab it with a good long pair of needle nose and do that old Trinity Bay backhand flip. They'll pop right <laughs> off. I got that down to art. <laughs> of course, I did oh, flip man. one into the palm of my hand one time about 20 years ago. You talk about take your breath away. It was like 100 degrees and 
Oh, man. Mm. You could feel mm-hmm. that old poison run up your arm and then go to your chest. And I'm going, well, going to die out here in the middle of nowhere from a hard head sting. Here I Gaston. come, Elizabeth. This is the big one. Yeah, this is the big one, Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm coming to see you, baby. <laughs> Fred Sanders. I swear. He you was can hilarious. sure feel that stuff coming to you, man. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Let me knock this quick break out. We'll come back and do some more gaff top flipping, buddy. Hang on with me. I'll be right back. All right, you're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 417 here in the Bayou City. All right, Bill, we are back, my friend. We were flipping gaff top when I went to break. (laughs) Yep. Doing that Trinity Bay flip. The old backhand flip. It's all in the wrist. They used to have a way. I've noticed over there that the guys would work their bait for trout. It was I called it the Trinity Bay buggy whip. Buggy they, whip, the old SWAT. They'd flip, they'd flip that bait straight up in there, pull a rod straight up in the air, one, two, three times, and then let that bait fall, and then flip, flip, flip straight up in the air, and let it fall. And I, I thought the way they were doing that, it just reminded me of Flash LaRue or something. Get his whip out. Oh, you don't want to fish with me? You'll really be making fun of me the way I work soft plastic. (laughs) (laughs) I make them come get it. They they better be on full alert. They're going to grab my lure. I try to keep it away from them. Make them swallow it. Come on with it. Make them chase it. That's it. And they they will. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking about a fish that can swim short distances in a burst to catch live mullet and shad and other bait fish, and you think you can work your lure fast enough to take it away from one? Not hardly. Not hardly. And it's a a different action every day. Yep. Uh, I'll just give you a case in point. Thursday, we were dragging our bait on the bottom, just like working a, a, a Texas rig worm, okay? Right. And throwing Kelly ball tails, it didn't matter what color, but you had to work it on the mud, on the mud or shell, and drag it. And you could hop it every once in a while, but mostly it was just like dragging a Texas rig worm. Mm. And that's the way we were catching our fish, and we caught the fire out of them. And Ticked then the next shell. day... The next day, it was totally different. You had to work fire out of it. Okay, you had to you had to dance it. And uh, yeah, they get in different modes, man. And and a lot of times when they're just in that, they're not in that mood to really jump on anything, whether it's at the bottom or the top. They're kind of suspended. That's that's when they get in that chase mode where you do that straight retrieve with your rod tip down. Right. And they get to right. following it, and then you'll jig it a couple of times and speed it up a little, and then when you go back to that straight retrieve, they just smoke it. That's right. There is an art to it, but it is something that anybody can do. And once yeah. you figure it out, it's not hard. It's not uh, rocket science. No, but they it's were acting, they, Thursday they were acting like it was winter time, mm-hmm. where you wanted that bait drug on the bottom, you know, like a shrimp of, when they're in that mud and right when they're when they're uh, pushing shrimp up out of the mud along a you know crusty shell and all that, you yep. take that bait and tickle it on the bottom like that, and you leave a little mud trail or maybe tick some shell and make a little noise with that jig head hitting the shell, and they come a hunting. They're looking for it because they they're already in they that mode anyway, looking down to feed downward. Oh, they're a they're a super predator. And the more I learn about them, the the more incredible they seem. But yes, you can you can actually work through a school of trout and not catch one if you're not paying attention. But you'll usually get a bump or two to let you know that they want it slowed down or sped up. Right. So it's a game of let the fish tell you how they want it and That's give it, it to them that way. 
and uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat, or as working soft plastics. Yeah, you just got to remember, hey, what was I doing when I got that bite? And you throw back it. just, out and try simple. to imitate it, and oh, I got one, you know. Yeah, yeah, and usually uh, they'll be that way that morning or that afternoon, uh, and most of them will be in the same mode. And it's not rocket science. It's just being observing about what you think the bait is doing down there. And they'll, those fish will tell you. But you fish through a school of trout, one of them's going to bump at your bait. There's no way that you can, you know, unless you just high speed it through there and act like you don't want to catch one, you work that bait two or three different ways in the spot, and you'll figure it out. Yeah, if you're throwing your lure in the water with a school of fish, one of them's going to eat it, one of them at least. They're like And then after you catch two or three, then they all get uh, lit up, and here we go. Oh, yeah, they get excited then. Sure. Uh, I've pulled up in the mouth of a bio and places like that, I don't know how many times, hundreds, and work a bait through there, and I'll feel one of them slap at it or mouth it, and I'm going, okay, they're here. Now, let's, let's figure out what they want. And I, next time I'll work it a little faster or a little slower. And all of a sudden, I'm catching a fish. And then they all start working their way over to the area where I'm casting. The whole school moves to one right. point. And then you, you've got them. You can't see this usually unless the water is very clear. No, you just got to imagine it. Yeah, you get them concentrated, and they'll come right up to the transom of your boat. And that's when it gets funny. I mean, you can just flip it out there, not even make a 10-yard cast, and snatch them out, you know. Just fork them over. They're no different than my my or any other pelagic fish like that 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 uh, follows you bait up to the boat, uh, it, it, that all works. The only, I mean, redfish do that. They do it even better than trout. You can call them up to right there off your transom and just work them over. But uh, gaff top don't seem to, to do that. <laughs> They're just roaming the bay and one here and one there and Anywhere you throw, you might catch one. Of course, well, I hadn't really I found hadn't tried some piles to figure out how this to... year. <laughs> Man. Oh, me too. Good Lord. I mean, Big ones, little out. ones, short ones, and tall ones. Yeah. Oh, boy. Big old melon-headed ones. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, I, I think you could grind that bone on their head and put it on a road, and it would be the best material ever. Yeah, they got some bone structure in that head region, buddy. They're all head, and they just, you know, they're like an eel going to the back to that forked tail. (laughs) (laughs) Head and shoulders. Look like a bulldog. (laughs) All bulldog, man. (laughs) They keep coming up in our conversation like we hate them, and we do. (laughs) I wish somebody would figure out how to eat them so they'd get wiped out. Well, I hate when you got your water fish going on top waters and getting a lot of blow ups and catching trout here and there, and then then you see that one big blow up, and then you're watching your top water and you see that old sail on their back come up and roll over the top <laughs> of that top water, and you're going, "Do not set the hook." They hook themselves. They just harmonica oh, yeah. mouth, wearing a super spook sideways across his face. That is disgusting, especially when you're waiting. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Yeah. Gotta mess with that thing. Well, that's that's uh, that's why I converted my top waters to uh, circle hooks, straight circle hooks. And well, that's no fun. You hook. can't set the hook with circle hooks. That's the most <laughs> fun part about catching them on top waters is leaning on them, setting the hook on them. <laughs> yeah, but they are easier to get out. I don't think that I don't think those things work as good on on trout as they say they do. No, I've 
I've changed baits out and going to the straight hook, you know, versus treble hook, especially down south when you're fishing through all that grass when it's windy. And uh, yeah, you miss a lot of fish with them. Yeah, they do catch. But, uh, you know, treble hooks, you seem to hook more, but you also, you know, you lose. If you hook them with those straight hooks, you've you got a 90% better chance of landing them. Oh, that's but, uh, true. That's why years ago when we were catching all them big trout, I switched to uh, triple grips. I put them on my corkies, on my topwaters. You know, those uh, mustads, the triple grip hooks. It's kind of like oh, yeah, a, I did. the counter-rotating hook. The more they yeah. pulled, the deeper that hook dug in them. It, just, oh, it yeah. would twist and just turn and grab more meat. Yep. But that yeah, wasn't a very good catch that. and release hook. Well, if you did release him, you looked like you'd been through World War II. <laughs> <laughs> pretty butchered <laughs> up, man. <laughs> His face was You didn't lose him, though. You in a tournament. That's When I fished tournaments and I was throwing multi-hook baits, that's what I had on them. Triple yeah. hooks. <laughs> you lost oh, him. You didn't break your line. Uh, we had, speaking of tournaments, we had a... a, a uh, two fish trout tournament here a while back, and they had, I mean, they had redfish and all, but uh, the trout they would allow them two apiece. Right. And we had a lot of uh, eight eight pound stringers and ten pound stringers brought in. So, uh, you know, it must have been fairly good out. That's there. pretty good. That's above average. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. No uh, doubt. I don't know. I don't know if they were using live croakers or what. I mean, who knows? I didn't get that deep. Well, if it was, it was just it. strictly lures. That's uh, that was that's pretty good for this time of year. It would be. Would be. Hopefully, there was no croakers harmed in that tournament. <laughs> 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 no live croaker were harmed during. This Save time. the croaker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I actually, I think the reason the croakers don't grow big anymore has got something to do with other factors. Oh, yeah. It's, they've been on decline for 15, 20 years. Yeah, even even before they started using them for bait. Uh, the croaker craze started in Galveston Bay about the mid-90s, 95, 96. Everybody's really yeah. getting, getting accustomed to it and... Uh, and that was back when there were so many fish, you didn't need those. A lot of people used them, you know, simply no. for the bigger fish factor, you know, slowing everything down and targeting bigger fish with them. But it, uh, it's a craze now, has been. Well, 95 to now, that's, that's almost 30 years. It's a long yep. time. Long time. Long time. Time enough to have an effect on the fishery. Yes. Because uh, you can wipe them out with croakers. In oh, you a can. Area. Oh, I had a biologist tell me one time. He said, if you get on a school of fish with lures, you're going to catch one for every ten that are in that school, percentage wise. But yeah. If you're throwing live croakers, you're going to catch every one of them. Is what he said. You'll catch them all. And that's borne out, and you know, the croaker fishermen that I know at Sabine. They uh, they pretty well clean their holes out, and then they wonder where the trout went. Yeah. Well, do you think they moved or something? I mean, no, they didn't move. They moved in your boat, in your ice chest. But a lot of guys really believe that you can't uh, hurt the resource with rod and reels. And I said, well, why does TPNW have limits then? Can't hurt them with the rod and reel. Why do we have limits? You darn sure can hurt them. Yeah, you can. Especially you hit them day in and day out, same spot every day. You can just watch the size just deteriorate. Hey, I, I know some Cajuns that that fish for meat. And, buddy, I mean, <laughs> meat or brag or whatever they fish, reason they fish, but, buddy, they can catch them, and they'll get them on a school of trout and just mess them up. I mean... They get on, they get in a bow or something, and they'll catch every one of those fish. Yeah, two or three days in a row if it's necessary. They don't care. Mm -hmm. 
they want uh, it's it's either brag or or you know there's a lot of people like that. They want to put out pictures on Facebook and look good, and, you know. Hey, how many I mean, trout just on the Gulf Coast, Louisiana, Texas, all of just think about it. How many trout go to waste and freezer burn in a freezer in a year's time? Yeah, think about probably that. Probably a lot of them. You yeah. bet. I would. I would think a lot. I mean, I'd almost bet money on it. I got a friend that always says, he said, "Hey, you know." Fishing with croakers is like uh, spotlighting deer. <laughs> I thought that well, was my funny. brother. My brother lives up there. He's got a, a camp up at Rayburn, and there's a lot of retired guys around him, mm. and they go fishing for crappie every day and catch as many as they can. Yeah, what do they do with all those fish? They put them in freezers in their freezer box. Yeah, or they give them away to their buddies, or people at church, or mm-hmm. you know they they're being good Samaritans. But what are they wanting to do? They're sacrificing is, a resource for it. Yeah, and I think that's you know really the wrong thing to do, my opinion. But uh, if you want to preserve your fishery, take what you want to eat that day. You know, if you're up there where you can go get them every day. Why would you want to put them in the freezer? No doubt, fresh fish is I always better. I don't, I don't freeze my fish, so I don't have to worry about you know freezing fish. I, I just don't freeze them at all. I, I put them in the ice box and let them sit there for three to four days, and I eat them every day. Yeah, you know, every morning I'll eat fish and. Then I go back and catch me some more. I'm gotcha. not worried about not worried about uh, giving Aunt Bessie some or Uncle Todd or any of that. Or Uncle Hoover. Uh, <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> like Hoover. Uncle Hoover. <laughs> I did give Uncle Hoover fish. Oh man, that was a right, unique Bill. guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to bail out of here on Uncle Hoover. If somebody wants to give you a call about fishing, Bill, give him give him a number, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Four zero nine six seven three nine two one one or com. That'll get you there, man. There you go. All right, Bill. Have a good one, buddy. Watch that old wind. Talk. See you, man. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. Right. Later. All right. That's Bill Watkins over at Sabine. And the Belleville Meat Market, well, this week they're double featuring pepper, bacon, pecan, smoked sausage, and Texas blend smoked sausage. That's an all-natural smoked sausage inspired by their original garlic recipe. You can try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available. And on special, seasoned chicken leg quarters for just $1.29 a pound. They're now serving homemade hot dogs and pulled pork in their barbecue section. And hot dogs are available in original and cheddar and custom processing on pigs and calves. They do that all year long. You can actually order a half calf or a hind quarter and have it processed any way you like. And wild game processing, they're still making their Vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. Bring something home from your hunt the entire family can enjoy all year long. The Belleville celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. From the Twin Peaks Studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning and welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. 438 here in the Bayou City. All right, let's go up to Lake Conroe. Let's check in with old Richard Tosh, the fish dude, this morning. See, check his pulse. Richard, what's up, man? Not a lot, Mickey. How are you this morning? I'm good. How you doing, buddy? I'm, I'm good. I'm just glad for these recliners. Boy, I bet. You're uh, laid up right now. Oh, yeah. There ain't no doubt. I had How did that go, by the way? It's it went good. It went good. I was back home. They started cutting on me at eight o'clock Monday morning, and I was back home by three. So that's a total hip replacement. That on the left side. I didn't get. I didn't get but one side done. But well, that's I what I mean. Me. Yeah, one side. Yep. Yeah, yeah, total. They, I didn't actually mean both sides. You, you'd really yep. be limping. 
<laughs> I guarantee you I would be. Right now, I'm just, I'm, like I say, I'm glad for this dang recliner. Well, I'll tell you what, can't get in and out of the bed, that's for sure. Oh, so, man, that's that's tough. Boy, wore uh, out old fishing right. guide, buddy. <laughs> I know, I know. That's what it is when you go so hard, but that's all right. I mean, that's, I'll get over this, and I'll be back in, in good shape. So I'm I'm ready to roll now. Plus, I'm, I'm not getting out there in all that heat either, so that's even better. <laughs> I did. I have noticed how they how they started putting those water restrictions on y'all down there. So this drought's fixing to take a good hold. And I was looking yeah. at the water level on the lake. So it's uh lake's down a foot and a quarter right now. So it's a good thing they stopped all that release for hurricane season anyway. Because this this one here might get if it, if they were doing that release, it'd already be down over three and a half feet. So. Oh, it'd be it'd be getting critical. It would be. I mean, that's the thing, you know, and that's, that's what I've said all along. You know, why in the world do you want to release water that, you, that you're using for drinking water? doesn't make any sense at no, all. No, it doesn't. I mean, hey, keep it while you got it, and then if you see something coming, then then start, you know, releasing that, That's it. That's it. You don't dump it in, in anticipation of, especially like this year, because so far there isn't anything coming in this way as far as hurricanes. I mean, it's, nah, it's too hot, too much high pressure and all that Saharan dust. It just, uh, it's put a, put the tropical, you know, it on the back burner, man. It, it really has. I mean, it's, it, and we need it though. That's what's so bad. We do need that high pressure to move off a little bit and give us a little, little bit of relief. Good. We night, need something. It's, it's I getting critical, man. It, it really is, you know. I mean, when I walk out of my door in the middle of the night now to come in here to the studio, it, it smells like it, 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 it smells like burnt, you know, something's burning, and it's you know, yeah, dead grass. It is. I mean, that's what it is. There's, I mean, everything's just drying up. I mean, just bad. It's, it's terrible. You know, it is. I mean, it's absolutely horrible. But that's, you know, the thing is, I don't, I don't mind the drought stuff, but this heat, good night. This heat is horrible. So that's even the worst part, you know, because well, it just is, makes it worse. You know, it gets over a hundred yeah. every day and it, uh, when, boy, how would you, yeah. how would you like to have to dig a trench or dig a hole right now? <laughs> I'm glad I'm, I don't, <laughs> I guarantee you that's, that stuff is hard as a rock for sure. There ain't no doubt. And that's, I mean, Pitiful. good night. And then you just, you'd have to take a break every five minutes because goodness, you couldn't handle it. The heat would just get you, you know, starting no off in the mornings where, starting off in the mornings where it's, uh, you know, 82 to 85 degrees before the sun comes up. That's just, that's just unheard of. I mean, absolutely unheard of, but that's, that's all right. Fish still bite. I'm just ready to get back out on the water. That's my main thing. How long is it, how long is your downtime you think it's going to be before you can get back in the well, boat? He originally he originally told me three months, and he said I, oh, the other no. day he said I I know he said I don't want you the other day he told me he said I don't want you in the boat for a month. I said okay, I can handle that. <laughs> so a month is better than three. Yeah. So right now I mean I'm just I'm ready to go already, but my dang leg just won't work yet. <laughs> that's no. the hard part because it's when they do that hip stuff, that's pretty invasive. Good night. It's, it's, I, I never realized how tough it really is, but it's, it lets you know them. They had to move some muscles around. That's for sure. Oh so, yeah. And cut through all I mean, that good. tissue. And boy, I tell you, surgery, nasty man. I know it. I know it, but you know, all this started because that, you know, everybody, everybody has watched, why did why did it wear out? Well, number one, you know, 2010 got that flesh-eating bacteria, so they had to do all that muscle and skin grafts on my right foot. Mm. Doing all that, it just made it made it where I walk like like I got a platform shoe on one side and a sandal on the other. So just walking crooked for, for what 13 years now. Yeah, so I just put it put it, it in a bind and made it you know just made it wear that's out. That's it. That's it. You know, and that's that's all right. You know, it's. I'm I'm good. They get they'll piece me back together a little bit at a time, and I'll I'll be in good shape. <laughs> That's all. I, you got to look at the positive side. There ain't no doubt about it. Because I'm gonna get back out on that water as quick as I can. Matter of oh, fact, this I know morning, you will. Just don't do it too soon, man. I, I know. See, I I already told him the other day. I said after after my surgery, he was telling me I want you back in that boat for a month. I said, look, I I done figured out how to get in and out of that boat, so. You ain't got to worry about that. I can get in and out right now if I need to, but 
I'm going to listen to you for a little while. Yeah, but how about standing up on that bow and throwing a cash net and all that? That ain't happening. That ain't going to happen. I guarantee you I couldn't do that if I wanted to right now. That that cash net is just way, way out of the picture right now. But but it's – it's going to get back, and it's going to be even better than before. Because, you know, that's one thing about me is if it hurts, I work out. That's how I fix everything that hurts on me. I'll just work out harder. I do do things harder, you know, because right. I always think, you know, the harder you, the harder you work, make your body physically fit, then, then you'll be all right. You know, you, if you get, sit around and don't do nothing, then you're going to hurt. There's just ain't no way around it. You're going to hurt. So and and fishing all them tournaments and stuff anyway, you know that you got to be in in a pretty decent shape anyway because <laughs> tournament tournament fishing is hard on you. I mean, people don't realize how mentally and and physically demanding tournament fishing is, and it's a uh, it's it's both. I mean, there years ago I'm, I used to remember after I'd fish a three day long tournament, I'd come home and sleep for a solid day. I mean, twenty four hours I'd just go to sleep. Yeah. No, it just wear you smooth out because you. Yeah, and a lot of it's going. mental too. You all the pressure's gone, and you just like letting the air out of a balloon, you know. And you're just it, going it, on it and relax and chill out. Exactly. I mean that because, like you say, it's you know it is a mental game and and the physical part of it too. Because well, you don't get the sleep you should get because you're up half the night worrying about where you're going to make your first stop and catch your fish the next morning, and you know. It's, that, that's it you know and then you know you may be practicing for a week ahead of time too you know three or four days you may be practicing and and then you show up and and uh you know you've been out there sun up to sundown every day and in the morning of the tournament you got you know you're out there for eight hours so you've been out there for for 12 pre fishing all that time then then you're wore out when the tournament gets there that's it that's it that, but that's the name of the game i mean it's that's just always always been that way and uh-huh. and that, you know that's that's one of one of my things i've always always said about tournament fishing if you're going to do any good you got to work hard and that's working hard at tournament fishing is basically sun up to sundown and sometimes into the dark so you get out there and just you figure out how those fish are doing on in in every condition you can possibly imagine whether it be a cold front whether it be hot weather, low water. And that's one thing it bites gone. about pre-fishing is uh, the fish that you need for the tournament, they're not biting during tournament hours. They're biting late in the evening after you already Isn't got to be away in. It, 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 it's something. It's cruel. It's cruel. It really is. It, it is real brutal. I mean, there is absolutely no doubt because it's, you know, that, that tournament stuff, you know, like like you say right there, I mean, especially where it, in your stuff, the redfish and trout tournament stuff, you know, you are, you are so dependent on the, the tidal influence and, and when that tide's coming up Tad, going down or sliding or what, water everything. conditions, it's, you know, it'll drive you crazy. I guarantee you. And, and you're constantly thinking about it. You're constantly studying it. You're, you got everything about it. You just, you got it. You know, just like the other day, I was talking about, uh, Lake Texoma up there. I, every time I'd go up there, I'd always watch the water release because they're, you know, they release water all throughout the, all throughout the week. So the, mm-hmm. you've got a current in that lake Monday through Saturday, even though they shut down the release on Friday. And Saturday, you still got a little bit of current. Sunday, it just there's it's exactly. dead calm. So, All right, buddy. Well, I I had to call you and pester you this morning because I knew Monday you went through all this trauma. But uh, I'm glad you're doing good. If uh, well, shoot, yeah. somebody wants to call and pick your brain, Richard, how do they get a hold of you, buddy? Well, Mickey, anyone get in touch with me at nine three six 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 one seven nine two zero. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dudes Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudetx.com. Or just check out the webpage, fishdudetx.com. All right, man. Well, we're all wishing you a speedy recovery, and you take care of yourself. Oh, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Y'all have fun. You need a new recliner, let us know. We'll ship one out there, buddy. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's what I do that. All, all right, right man. I appreciate it. Hey, Richard, have a good day. Take care of yourself. Yes, sir. Right. Y'all too. All right. That's the fish dude in full recovery mode. Now, here's another guy that's always been in recovery mode because he never takes any time. That's Charlie Paradoski. Charlie P., what's up, man? Morning, Mickey. What's happening? What's going on, you old codger? <laughs> uh, not much. Nothing Nothing this week. I, I had to uh, put my truck into the shop and get uh, some things fixed. And, right. And uh, 
I think I fished eight days in a row through Sunday, and that was enough for a while. That's, you picked a good week. I mean, it's uh, kind of windy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now we and got your favorite wind, the old proverbial southwest. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just something else, man. This weather's just something else. Jesus. It, uh, man, I, I, I can't remember summer like this in a long time. If we had one, I done forgot all about it because it was so bad. You know, I, somewhere around 11 or 12, I remember uh, a southwest wind blowing super hard for 35 days. Was that, and, what, 2011, 2012? It, it was a drought time, it, you know, period at that time, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and when when it happened then, we had a problem with Vibrio, with people catching Vibrio up and down. The you know, and I hadn't heard of any cases here lately. I'm, you know, that's, uh, you know, I'm hearing about some stuff in Florida, but not here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm glad I'm not hearing about it. Oh, me too. I mean, hey. It's, it's uh it's definitely different i can tell you that definitely different but what i remember about that back then is it just kept blowing and blowing and blowing and finally the fish just said the hell with it they started eating it didn't make any difference <laughs> they said we can't take anymore we gotta eat man we're getting skinny yeah. <laughs> we had a lot more yeah. fish back then back then too man we were loaded up yeah. there were a lot of fish you know through those years now you Especially tell a croaker fisherman, tell a croaker fisherman that now, and it, hell, they're having a hell of a year. They ain't, they don't see no problem. No, they they'd they'd be flabbergasted to see what it'd been like in twenty eleven or twenty twelve. Yeah. You didn't need no croaker waiting around dragging a bucket or nothing. Just throw Heck something no. in the water and hang on. You were on big ones too. Yeah, buddy. You Good remember. ones. Yes. Good ones. Good. It's definitely different now, Jesus. It's something else. Hey, our old Astros, man, they looked good again last night. They won another one. Man, that little Ted Williams is coming through. Oh, he's something else, isn't he? He's special. Yeah. We always knew that. I remember when he first came up in the minors, and you could look at that swing, and and uh, you're just going, hey, and, and his outfielding capabilities and stuff, and you're going, man, this guy's going to be something. Yeah, they kept talking about him, and we knew he was coming. I didn't know who in the hell they were talking about, but we damn sure know now. I said, bring him on up. Let's take a look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're a pleasure to watch. Yeah. They, they sure are. Man, our fans are pretty pretty critical in this in this city. Man, I, you know, while I'm doing the game, you know, I'll be either texting you or Hardy or somebody. We're all talking about the game, but then you'll scroll through Facebook and everybody's cussing them and cussing Dusty. Pull this idiot out, you know, and they, when Abreu got in there and got in a little trouble. But they, if you got trouble, that's the guy to have in there. He always gets out of it for some yeah. reason. Yeah. He buckles down, and uh, here we go. Boy, they were giving him trouble last night. Yeah, buddy. They're fun to watch. Uh, fun to watch, but we got some stiff competition. I don't know if we can go all the way this year, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Well, our only downfall is our starting pitching. You know, it's just not – and our bull, bullpen is just wore out. you see how good that bullpen looked after those days of rest, you know, and they didn't pitch for two or three days? Look at Presley the other night. He looked yeah. like the old Presley. Not sure before did. last, because he had had three or four days off. Yeah. Now they need rest, too. Yes, sir. Just like an old wore-out fishing guide, and he's take a day off yeah. every once in a while heal up. That's right. That's right. We were young. We didn't. We just kept rolling. Didn't care. No. Nothing mattered but it, filling a box. Thought it would last forever, and we yeah. would, too. Thought this is never going to end. <laughs> no. Uh, nah, nothing new over here, Mickey. It's just the same old broken record. Yeah, just, uh, same here. We're just pecking away and waiting for a change. Not too big of a change, but we need a change. 
We could use a little fresh water flow and cool the earth down and get some rain and get a southeast wind again or east, north, anything but south or southwest. Yeah. You know, when it started out in March and April, we were getting southeast winds and east winds. We 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 hadn't seen for a while. For years. uh, Yeah. Man, I said, this is going to be a great year. And then we got those little teaser laydowns like, hey, man, we're going to have a normal summer for a change. Didn't happen. Nope. Every year is different, that's for sure. It is. Got to roll with it. We'll remember this one for a while. It's the toughest summer I've ever seen. And I've been through some bad ones. I've been through some good ones. But this one right here is just hard, hard to swallow. It's uh, definitely discouraging sometimes, but we still got people wanting to go fishing, and you take them and you do the best you can, and, and uh, you keep rolling. That's all we can do. I'm with that you, brother. Yeah. Well, other than that, nothing new by end. Nothing. Well, anything. Lure or bait-wise, it uh, is working better than others, or anything. It, anything new and special you've discovered lately? No, the uh, record. Well, you know, <laughs> I, uh, you've seen those uh, the new bass assassins that copied uh, the little uh, John. Yeah, yeah. I got my I like package those. yesterday. I got me a nice cardboard box full of those. I got it too. I got it about three weeks ago, I think. Some pretty good colors in there. There is. There is. Yep. I'll definitely be testing them out once we get a change. Yeah, once we um, get the right weather to use them. Yeah. Yeah. We're just out here throwing, uh, <clears throat> you know, the pe- we've been taking kids getting ready to go back to school and families. Right. And, and uh, we're throwing a voodoo shrimp under a cork. You know, mainly catching redfish, and mm-hmm. uh, and we don't get those voodoo's free. We got to buy them, and they're not cheap. So, no, they're not. That's what that's what, uh, that's what we're doing. That gulp. Yeah. Oh well. One day you catch them. One day you catch them, and the next day you struggle. That's the way it's been. That's it. That's the pattern. Yep. All right, Charlie P., somebody wants to call you, give them a number, my friend. Call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. All right, man, let's go for the sweep today. We've got a day day game today. Let's get it on. Let's do it. All right, buddy. See you, Charlie. Take care, Mickey. Later, man. All right, it's time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 